Hello everyone, welcome to the Bootstrap Founder Podcast. My name is Avid Kai, and I talk about how you can start, run, and sell a bootstrap business. This episode is called Imposter Syndrome and Building Capital. Let's get started. There will be days when you feel like you have nothing to say. I certainly have those days quite often. And you might wonder why you should be the one talking about anything when there are people out there who are much more experienced than you are. You feel like you're acting much more knowledgeable than you actually are in real life. And I've been there. And even right now, I feel like an imposter wondering if my personal understanding of imposter syndrome is even worth talking about. And every creator and everyone who speaks in public in some capacity knows this feeling. And it's a part of our brain's wiring to protect us from the unknown dangers that we might attract when we put ourselves out there. I recommend, honestly, something that I've found to work for myself in these moments, and it's to embrace the fear, it's to invite it in, it's to hear it out, and then to completely ignore it. You know what you want, right? And even if you don't have a clear plan, you know how you can get closer to a better, more fulfilled life. And I think working in public takes courage, and that's kind of what we do as creators. And it's often a harder choice to make, to, to work in public than just saying, staying silent. But it's always a choice. Remember this, real imposters don't suffer from imposter syndrome. They are quite likely the only people who know that they cannot have imposter syndrome because they are imposters. So growth always involves new and unknown territory. And it's always going to be something that is scary but you will learn how to navigate it. Understand that by building in public, by acting in public, by creating in public, whatever you're doing, you're building capital and you're building wealth in, in, a, in a way that might not be completely obvious. Because even if you fail or disappoint some people, your struggle and your journey will mean something to other people. And people will follow you because of your vulnerability, not despite of it. And over time, this shared learning journey and this progress that you're showing will build a following that will be there when you need them. And you have to trust that every small success and every step forward is something valuable to you, your future achievements, and the community that's watching. I have this concept that I kind of want to talk about, and it's the concept of the bondsmith. The bondsmith is a concept from um, an epic fantasy novel or a series, I guess. It's called The Stormlight Archives, and it's by Brandon Sanderson. And if you're a fiction reader, you might have heard of it. Sanderson is is quite uh, prolific, uh, has been writing a lot of good stuff. And he tells the story of a character in in, um, those novels who ascends to the magical profession of a bondsmith. And this person can connect the minds of people with a single touch. He can summon a well of light that feeds and amplifies other magical beings' powers in the vicinity. It's kind of the, the best description I can give without giving the plot away. But it's it's a it's a person that doesn't fight, he connects. And what a bondsmith creates is meant to unite and elevate the people around them. And I've really resonated with that because that's kind of who I model my life after and my, my public um, appearance as well. And as cheesy as it sounds, if I feel that my deeds and words build connection and opportunity between and among people, I live a full and meaningful life. So this, this is a very, very nice way of describing what I try to do 
in my public work on Twitter and in the communities that I'm in. And it's something that I feel is highly aspirational because if you can connect people, why wouldn't you? It's a wonderful thing. And the the bondsmith in this story is just a kind of character, but I, I think we should always talk about the hero journey and about being a hero in our own lives. Um, because all the historical fictional narratives that mean the most to us, the stories that we love, involve the hero's journey. I mean, someone goes on an adventure, they run into trouble, things start looking better, then a catastrophe happens, and the problem is overcome eventually, and then things turn out for the better. And while our personal, personal journeys look quite different in reality, they are just as interesting to the people to whom we matter. Right? There's always some kind of hero's journey embedded in our personal journeys that are more chaotic and more random, but there's a, there's a path. And of course, you'll only really understand that in retrospect, but to consider that there is a hero's journey in your personal adventure, that's an interesting thing. And here's an example. Um, my, my podcasting partner, Jamie Russo, writes about Lual, a South Sudanese man who spent his youth in a refugee camp and then later taught himself how to code and ended up building a video game that put the player in the shoes of a refugee. And that game really struck a nerve and Lual found a platform to spread his message of hope and peace and got a lot of media coverage for for that particular journey. And quite literally, Lual put his personal, unique experience into his work and created something that no one else could create the same way he did. And his unique backstory gave him that power and the urgency and insight to leverage his personal journey. In entrepreneurial terms, Duell productized himself. He took something profoundly unique and created something valuable from that. And every single one of us has some outstanding quality, some experience or disposition that we can turn into an unfair advantage, something so unique that nobody can easily copy it. And that doesn't mean that people won't try. Like success always attracts imitation, and quite often those who try to copy our business will start acting in questionable ways. A couple months ago, I talked about Mike Rubini and how he had found that someone had cloned his business and put up a product comparison page that trashed his product. It was quite upsetting for him, and he talked about it on Twitter, and the community, the founder community, was there to comfort and support him, and now... Uh, fast forward to a week ago, that copycat competitor has now shut down. And Mike shared that on Twitter. And it was really nice to see that his initial fear of um, yeah, somebody t- grabbing a part of his customer base was essentially unwarranted because the competitor didn't last. But Mike is still in business because he cares about his customers. And his mission is not to merely make money as his competitors Uh, mission very likely has been but to empathetically help people an audience of people that he dedicates a large portion of his life to and that's the difference right you cannot copy the mission you cannot copy the founder and the drive and the vision that lives inside this entrepreneur and this will impact the way you engage empower and create valuable content don't create a faceless brand don't create just a product be yourself and be your honest, truthful, quirky, imperfect self. Because who do you think the people you care about want to follow? Like a fake, perfect, idealized version that is always in full control of yourself, or maybe the version that sometimes comes up with unfunny jokes, 
or wants to share them with their friends, right? Who would you rather follow if you had the choice between this plastic replica and a real human being with a story? And this also serves as a great way for people to self-select themselves out of your audience. So they don't like the things you say or the way you say them. Well, that's great news. Now you won't have to interact with them anymore. Why spend the energy building a relationship with people who won't reciprocate? Right? This is not about them becoming your customers either. It really starts with making sure that you surround yourself only with people who you want to be surrounded with in the first place. Because it's going to be a hard journey and it's going to be a, a lot of ups and downs and you probably want to be surrounded by supportive people all the time. Or at least know that there are people in your community that will be there to support you. And your personal hero's journey may not be written yet, but you can bet that the people will want to be along for the ride because it's interesting and because it's actually something really nice to help somebody and support them on that journey. Just be yourself and build an audience that actually appreciates you and you will get to your 1,000 true fans in no time. So those are my thoughts on this whole imposter syndrome building in public situation. I think there's a lot of val value and wealth that you can build by just being yourself because you attract people that like you for who you are and they will invest in some way in your journey, either with their attention, with their recommendations, or maybe as an actual customer purchasing your products at some point. But all of these are fine, right? Because it's not really about the money alone. Like money is important for us to deal with our lives, obviously, but relationships with people, relationships with people that actually like and trust and listen to you, now that is something extremely valuable and much more valuable than a single transaction. I've been talking about this recently. The, there's a shift from a transactional to a relational way of building businesses. Like we, there used to be this time where you could just go into a store and they would try to sell you as much as possible because they knew that the transaction was the goal of your business relationship. This one particular transaction, maybe you could come back, but that, that wasn't really the plan. You go to, to a store, like if you go to a, um, a larger store in a bigger city where nobody knows you, they just really try to sell you the biggest thing. Like you come in there, you want to get a backpack, they try to offer you the most expensive backpack because that's kind of how that, that works, right? There is this transaction that they need to, to have to make money, so they try to get the biggest transactions out, out of you, essentially. But if you look at SaaS businesses and digitally enabled subscription businesses, there's a lot of them, right? Not just SaaS, but also um, other, other things like communities or uh, paid newsletters or you know, like insurance products, things that you don't really think about as a SaaS business, but they still have like this monthly recurring revenue structure. They are not about the transaction. They are about the forever transaction, which is in itself a relationship. So building relationships that last for a long, long time and that are based on trust and not just on trying to get somebody to pay you the most money right now, that really shifts the perspective on who you are and who you should be to those people. Because if you only look at transactions, then you want to essentially dazzle people with as fake but still believable a brand as you can possibly do, right? If you want to sell them the biggest backpack, well, you have to act like you're the, the best backpack producer or vendor in the, in the whole world, essentially, to get them to spend a lot of money. But if you want to keep your customers for two, five, ten years, 
as a subscription customer to your SaaS, well then maybe you should build a trust-based relationship from the beginning. And, and that is such an important concept to understand that trust outweighs money because only through trust can you generate revenue in the future. So understand that you yourself as a human being, as a personal brand are at the center of this trust. And that means that you can just be yourself and you will find people who trust you and those will be the people you will end up in a business relationship in some capacity in the future. So I hope this helps you overcome this early inhibition to build in public and to put yourself out there because that's the only way you can build trust at scale. All right, let me share another thing that is really important and quite timely to me at this moment. I'm, I'm talking about my book, my uh, most recent book, The Embedded Entrepreneur. Big update, I'm gonna launch it in a week. On um, Wednesday the 19th of May, 2021, the book will be launched on Twitter and I invite you to join me there and, and see what's happening. It's going to be a whole thing, <laughs> obviously. And, and there's a lot of prep work going into a launch like this. And I want to kind of share what I've been doing and what goes into a book launch because it's really, it's a big tweet, right? It's a big Twitter thread, essentially. That's what I did last time when I launched Zero to Sold. And I updated it the whole day with new things, new information coming in and all that kind of stuff. So I learned a lot of things about how to launch a book. And I'm gonna do this again. And I have this whole checklist going and I just wanna like share what things go into this. So you know the complexity of launching an info product to an audience. So there's always launch and there's pre-launch. And pre-launch is essentially everything that leads up to the launch and preparation. And um, obviously the biggest thing is actually finishing the product. And that has been something that, um, yeah, I started writing the book on January 1st, 2021. So it's uh, at this point, it's five or four and a half months old. And I, I wrote the first draft within a month. And then I immediately started going into my community, recruiting alpha readers and getting them into, into the book, trying to collaboratively edit the book with them. And it was a lot of fun. So the that stage ended a couple weeks ago when I sent the fourth or fifth version of the book, the manuscript that had 500 plus people actually contributing to it. And in terms of telling me what worked, what didn't work, what could be done better, what should be more clear. It was it was a whole experience. It was wonderful. I'm going to talk about this at length at some point. Um, had that done and I sent that final version to a professional proofreader, it got back the final proofread, had another thousand changes that I had to work into the manuscript, but then the book was done. So I could really typeset it and put the layout there, get the illustrations in, get the cover in, and turn it into this whole package that I could then send off to, to Amazon, did the KDP system, which is the, the Kindle Direct Publishing system through which I publish my books, which is essentially um, a self-publishing system with a print-on-demand um, infrastructure behind it. So I send the, the first version of the print book there and they sent me back a copy, like essentially a printed proof so I could check how well it was working and how the, the printed version looked. I found a couple things that I wanted to change. The cover didn't really um, work with what I'd envisioned there. So send a new version. I expect to, for this to arrive any minute now and that should be the final one. Um, so the product is done, right? The product took me, you know, half a year to finish. 
Now, that isn't the only thing because obviously any info product is 50% product and 50% marketing, maybe even more on the marketing side. So for the pre-launch in particular, I'm, I'm, walk, I'm going through a couple of things. First off, I'm, I'm preparing to tweet. And this is not just any tweet. That's a tweet with a lot of information, a lot of pictures, maybe even a video. That's something I'm probably going to talk about in a second. But th there's a lot that goes into this tweet, right? Wording has to be right. It has to be approachable. It has to talk to the people who already know that I'm writing a book. It also has to talk to people who are just seeing it as a retweet somewhere else. So there's this kind of thin line to walk between saying something that I've already said before and saying it in a, another way so it, it's approachable to everybody who might be interested in the book. So I'm, I'm preparing that. And like I said, there, was, there might be a video component where I just really talk about the book real quick and show it so people understand that it's an actual real product and talk about the contents and what you can learn from it and what you will be able to do once the book is out and you read it. It's 300 pages in, um, in the paperback format, so you can probably read this within like two or three hours, which is not too much. And it's, it's a highly actionable, pragmatic book. So I need to convey all of this in the video. So I'm going to be writing the script for that today. It's going to be another thing. So that is the tweet. It has a lot of information in there about how the book came to be and where people can find it and buy it, what the audiobook situation is, how that, how I'm going about that, when this is expected to be released and where it's released, all these little things. All of that needs to go into this tweet. I'm going to launch this tweet next, uh, yeah, Wednesday on the 19th, quite early in my day here in, in, in Berlin, so I can reach both my potential customers and readers in, in India and Australia and Japan and China, and then through the day, move westwards to, to Europe and then to the United States, um, East Coast and West Coast, to just get everybody involved on, on the launch day. It's going to be fun. Um, going to be quite exciting. That, that's the one part, right? The one of the, the most visible parts. But what also goes into this, obviously, is setting up the actual sales funnel. And that would be a Gumroad page where I sell the digital versions of the book and actually enabling sales on Amazon where I sell both the Kindle version um, through KDP, what I said, and a paperback and a hardcover version. That, that all needs to be set up. So I've been working on the Gumroad page, which is another exercise in writing interesting copy and adding information. I had to set up and change my landing page and prepare it for the sales on that day as well, because right now there's not a book sales link on that page because the book isn't done. So once Wednesday comes up, I need to switch out the homepage of my landing page with a book sales page where all the links are in there. And that needs to be prepared. That needs to be designed and social proof needs to be considered. Where do I put tweets about this? Right? Where do I put recommendations that people may have? Where do I put, I don't know, like the, the rating stars that I get on Amazon, all these things that needs to be prepared. So I've been working on that. I set up the book on Ingram Spark in addition to what I did with KDP because Ingram Spark allows you to actually print books on demand outside of Amazon. And Amazon is quite limited. Right? You can only order from Amazon in countries where Amazon really wants to sell. So if you go to, to let's say more like in African countries, you always have this problem. Amazon may not be present in Kenya or in Nigeria. But if you order the book through your booksellers network. If you really go to a bookstore and tell them the ISBN, they can order it through IngramSpark and then it's printed and shipped to the bookseller and then they can sell it to you. 
might be a bit more expensive in certain countries, but hey, that's that's how self-publishing works. It's not the best at scale, but it's better than going with a publisher. At least that's what I think. So I set that up so that the book could be sold through that channel as well, which took a bit because every publishing platform needs different formats and has different expectations of what the data looks like. So that was always fun. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the product side of it and the sales side with that setup, um, particularly the landing page for the book. Um, there's only really a couple more things that I needed to organize. And, and the first, the biggest question really was, do I do a product hunt launch with the book as well on that day? Or do I do it differently? And I asked, like I always do, I asked the people on Twitter, my readers and other people who have experience with this. And they told me to really sit it out for a week or two. Like launch it on Twitter next week, launch it on the, on the 19th and then see people actually getting the book, getting my, my sources of social proof, I guess, like actually people purchasing it and tweeting about it and then waiting until the next week to launch the book on Product Hunt when people have already read it or looked into it or at least purchased it or heard of it before. So using this um, existing buzz, not to immediately launch it, but to just launch it a week later. And I'm looking forward to that. Um, I already found somebody who wanted to wants to to hunt it on Product Hunt. So that is interesting. The mechanics of that are, let's say, a bit more complicated, right? You need to find somebody to actually present your product on Product Hunt. Doing it yourself is also an option, but it always feels kind of weird. So it's nice to have somebody else involved who's also part of the community. Found somebody for that, but you, you'll see that like once I do it, who that would be. And that would be the product hunt situation. I, I'm kind of keeping it, uh, keeping all of this in a list so I can make sure to, uh, to not think about things that I don't need to think about just yet. But it's an important thing. When I launched Zero to Sold on Product Hunt, it went to the first product, number one product of the day for quite a while and then settled at number two for the day. And that was awesome. Because like, obviously it was my very first product hunt launch and it was for an info product. So I was very surprised to see this. And that was a year ago, essentially, when I had 4,000 followers on Twitter and maybe a couple hundred on product hunt. At this point, I have roughly 20,000 followers on Twitter and 3,000 some followers on product hunt. So I would assume that if I can activate all these people, I have a pretty good chance at scoring a high position but who knows like you never know in product hunt who else launches on that day and um it's always a gamble but i'll see i um i'm not uh i, I don't bet everything on that launch right so that's uh, it's going to be all right another thing that i'm going to be doing and this is really about the launch day is that i'll first of all i'll need to update my twitter bio and my twitter header to do something nice right these are the kind of the, the formal things but i want to go into spaces i want to start a couple twitter spaces on that day really just talking about the book or how it came to be with my readers or just other founders in the community and um there might be a couple special guests so i I think I have two booked at this point, or at least they've expressed their interest. It's going to be a very flexible thing because, you know, Twitter spaces, they just happen and they're ephemeral in a certain way. And that's all right. So I'm not going to, again, not going to try to over-professionalize this. It's just going to be a nice conversation with people that other people can join. So that's going to be fun. And I'm just going to explain how the book happened and what the book is about and maybe what launch day is like. What I'm currently doing right now, explaining what goes into this in, a, in an organizational way. So um, that's one of the more important things. And then finally, 
I'll be just posting updates about the, the sales and how I feel and how the launch is going during the whole day, just to keep people engaged, keep people involved in the process. Cause it's not every day that somebody launches something. And I would assume that for my followers, it's very interesting, not just because of the content that I actually provide the book itself, which I hope they will enjoy, but also just really sharing the process, building in public, launching in public pretty much. So that'll be something that, that I'm really looking forward to, um, that launch day is going to be something that was amazing last year and I have this feeling that it will be quite amazing this year. And one last thing, yesterday I sent out a number of emails and direct messages on Twitter, also in preparation, that's another pre-launch activity, with um, um, an advanced reader or advanced review copy of my book. So um, I invited an... uh, Yeah, I think on Twitter, I think last week or two weeks ago, I invited people to sign up to be a review reader, which essentially is promising to review the book once you've read it and just getting early access to the book as an exchange. And I think 30 some people signed up for that on my landing page. So I mailed out a link to them to download the book. And it's a a watermark PDF copy, so I I don't think it's going to it's going to leak or anything, but you know, I, I, I sent it out to them hoping that they would read it, keep it to themselves and then prepare a review to put on, I don't know, Amazon or Gumroad or Goodreads at some later point after the launch or on launch day. That, that's like the best possible outcome. So I did this to the, sent this to the email list and that was fun, but then I considered, Hey, I could actually send this message and send this free copy to all the people that I admire, like all the founders that I learned from when uh, when I started uh, being an indie hacker, all the writers that I admire with the books, their books in the in the business space, in the in the entrepreneurial space, and I did this in in some capacity last time when I when I um, marketed Zero to Sold, I had uh, an, a digital copy of the book and mailed that out to to a lot of people, and I got some good feedback from that. And yesterday, I just really went through my my Twitter follower list, and really selected all the people that I always wanted to talk about my book and sent them a really nice message. Like there was some, I'm just really for, for the sake of transparency, I prepared a text, I prepared a statement, essentially telling them, Hey, I'm going to launch the book next week. Um, it would be great if you could help me retweet and reply to my, my launch tweet. And because I don't want you to endorse something you don't know, Here's a link to the book. Here's the password to the PDF and, and all that stuff would be really nice if you helped me. And then I essentially wrote an additional personal message to every single person because every person that follows me on Twitter, I kind of have a relationship with anyway. So I came um, for every message. I, I essentially came up with something really interesting that I wanted to tell them anyway. <laughs> I, I'm not going to share the, the specifics, but every person that I reached out to, I had like a, a nice conversation with during the day yesterday it was really nice like everybody who who responded to this message and there was like it was a hundred percent positive responses out of the ones who responded let's let's say i think 70 percent responded and out of those 100 percent were positive 30 percent didn't respond yet which is fine and it makes me feel wonderful knowing that all these people that i personally admire are going to be helpful and are helpful just really in supporting me by by saying wonderful things about me and my work. And I think that that is an important part that goes into every launch of a product, particularly info products that are launched to a community and to an audience, is to have relationships with people in place already. 
before you throw something out there. I always call this not yelling into the void, right? Talking to actual people instead of just tweeting into nowhere. And I think that outreach to review readers through an email list, a self-selected email list, essentially, and through DMs to people who I wanted to read the book and talk about the book. It's a good combination. And I'll see where it goes. I'll just keep you updated on the next uh, episodes of the podcast. But I think that is a really, really good way to engage a community. And I think that's really it about the, the launch day checklist that I went through here. I, I think there's a lot of information in there should you ever want to launch an info product yourself. Hope it helps. Just giving you some sort of sense of how much goes into this. I've been working on the launch day essentially for the last three days. And I, I guess I'll be working two more days on setting everything up. So it's kind of a week that goes into this one day. But hey, that's really what it is. And it's what you got to do. And that's it for today. Thank you for listening to the Bootstrap Founder Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Arvid Kahl, A-R-V-I-D-K-A-H-L. And you can check out the blog at thebootstrapfounder.com. You could find my book Zero to Sold at zerotosold.com and The Embedded Entrepreneur at embeddedentrepreneur.com. If you have any questions about this episode, reach out on Twitter or send an email to arvid at thebootstrapfounder.com. If you want to support me and the Bootstrap Founder Podcast, please leave a rating and a review by going to ratethispodcast.com slash founder. It will help other founders and founders-to-be to find the podcast and learn more about starting, running, and selling their bootstrap businesses. Thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.